0: Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Joe Cook, joined by Justin Wells, back for another edition of Questions Answered here on a Friday. Like the video, subscribe to the channel, head to Inside Texas, where a major topic of discussion all week has been quarterback, and we got some clarity yeah. yesterday about what's going to happen against BYU tomorrow. Steve Sarkeesian just laid it out there. He said uh, that Malik Murphy will start at quarterback. Uh, Quinn Ewer's I mean, we may see him in pads because of the you know show charade that they put on last year. Won't matter. We know number six is starting. Uh, Justin, what do you want to see from Malik Murphy in his first career start? Game managing,
1: you know, uh, that's the biggest thing you can do right now. Is, is just be a game manager. Don't try to do too much. You know, we we saw Malik a little revved up when he came into the game against Houston and. And that one throw, he that one pass it was uh, uh, to Adnan Mitchell was. He had some heat on it. He has a fastball, so he's going to want to temper that a little bit. Kind of be in the moment. Kind of just give get what the um, defense gives you, and, and and just manage the game. Joe, I, I think there's enough weapons around there, and I think the offensive line's good enough to where he doesn't have to win the game by himself. He can really just distribute. And, and limit the turnovers in his decision-making. To me, I think it's pretty simple for his first start. What about you?
0: You know, here's the thing. Steve Sarkeesian talked about it yesterday. He said they're going to tailor the game plan, but they're going to run our stuff. You know what that means? They're going to throw it deep. Okay, let's see how he can do throwing it deep. I I, I mean, it's, it's a Steve Sarkeesian offense. Are we expecting anything different? Uh, I'm not – sure we're going to see that much different, especially if Jonathan Brooks and C.J. Baxter are going to be able to run on a pretty spotty BYU run defense, number 80 in run defense in the country. Okay, let's see how you can handle uh, the responsibilities of being a quarterback. Um, And I think I want to see, you know, this rocket arm we hear about, what does it look like on deep passes? Because if you really think about it, that's not a very difficult part of this offense. You got to get your footwork right, at least as far as reads go. You right. got to get your footwork right. You got to throw. But like, if you see two guys like right here, and one of those guys Xavier Worthy, you throw that football. <laughs> you, you know, you're you you throw it, and you can see if you can try to out throw Xavier Worthy, which we know is tough. So I want to see if he's able to do that. And I guess that kind of flows into a larger point. I want to see if he makes the right reads. And Steve Sarkeesian talked about that. in in good detail yesterday. And if you go, we're on inside Texas this week on Monday uh, for the film room. I tried to analyze if, if uh, Murphy was making the right reads uh, on every play and, you know, the game situation, at least for that first drive called for run your offense. Uh, The last one, it called for run the ball, Um, but still run your offense or RPOs in there. Sometimes the receivers, whether they're blocking or running routes can give it away. And I think, except for one occasion, Murphy was making the right reads. Um, even on that fastball to AD Mitchell, that AD Mitchell was his first read on that play. So, Hey, that I'm okay with that, but of course it's gotta be better over the course of a game. If you're going to be the guy in there for four quarters and and try to win this game. So, okay. I want to see the, the deep ball. Um, you know, if you can, if this rocket arm we hear about is, uh, is everything it's cracked up to be, and then also just make those right reads, put the offense in the right situation, whether that's pre snap or post snap. A lot of that's going to have to go on Steve Sarkeesian, of course, but Murphy, you're the one with the ball in your hands. It's going to have to uh, be on you a little bit as well. Didn't, um, didn't he put one in the stands in the spring game? So there were two throws, maybe on a throwaway, yeah. uh, but on the spring well, game, you know, yeah. he hit, he hit. DeAndre Moore in the hands, and DeAndre Moore dropped it, right. uh, and then he hit Jonte Cook on that deep touchdown pass. Yes, so we've seen him see his arm, right? And we saw, you know, that he, he can be a little jittery, and that's what happens when you throw somebody out there. So um, it's great for him to, that it'll be in a home environment. Yeah. Uh, great for him that I, I think the crowd's going to be pretty darn supportive of him, if not super supportive. I mean, Texas is six and one. This is a huge game as far as just staying in the Big 12 race. Uh, the playoff rankings come out, and trust us, we're not going to talk about that at length this week. <laughs> <laughs> not going to yeah. do that. We'll do yeah. that Tuesday. Uh, but you know, this is everyone be loves a game. the
1: backup quarterback,
0: and he's going to have a lot of support. He's been popular yeah. since he committed. Really, uh, he is. was Popular last year, and he's been popular again. So, should be a, a lot of fun. The other question, when when you're looking at quarterbacks, especially at Texas, is, do you think we see Arch Manning? And in the way Steve Sarkeesian talked about it yesterday, um, he said he hadn't made a decision quite yet. He goes, "I haven't made a decision if I want to get Arch in there, just to get him in there or not." But we have discussed that some because I do think there's some valuable experience for him in that. But I have to make uh, what's in the, I have to make that. I messed up the quote, so there we go. Uh, but he has to make it for. Uh, he has to do what's best for the team. So, right. right. Long story short, do you think Arch Manning sees the field this Saturday against BYU?
1: Yes, yes, I do. And I, I'm not even sur- sure of the circumstance whether it's Murphy not playing well, whether it's a big lead, and he's able to get in some 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 garbage time reps. Either way, Arch Manning's gonna see the field on Saturday. That's what I truly believe. What about you?
0: You know, I I think so too. Um, just because, and, and this has been an often discussed point on inside Texas, and, and I think you know, when we were talking about Arch Arch's recruitment, we kept saying red shirt year. You know, the family's fine with a red shirt year, and and that's that's true, that's largely true. But I think we may have missed a detail. It's not so much a redshirt year as much as it's a developmental year. Adjustment. You know, let's let's not kid ourselves and think that in 2026, Arch Manning's still going to be on this campus. He's either he's going to be in the NFL by then. I would think. No, maybe 2027. That'd be the right. If you if you're going on the three year calendar, if you're going on a two year calendar, another topic for another day but let's not imagine that this red shirt needs to be sustained because arch is going to be here for the next four seasons before going to the NFL. That's, that's just not going to happen. He's the number one prospect. And, you know, he's, he he and his family probably think high enough of him to where the first chance to go to the NFL in the right situation, they're going to go red shirts, not important. What is important is development. And he enrolled early. He's been getting, you know, splitting, uh, work, working with the twos at times, working with the threes at times. Now he's probably getting first team reps this week. Right? You know, he's had a lot of development, and if for some reason or another, hey, that that development leads to him playing in games, I don't think that's a bad thing. And and I, I think also, you know, that red shirt's still there, um, especially if things are. End up on track with Quinn Ewers coming back. I understand these are all ideal, best case scenarios. Uh, but even the worst case scenario, I think what they wanted was a developmental year, not so much a "you will not play my son in four games" thing. Uh, so I, I it think, a hey, when he's ready, he's ready. Exactly, and you know, he could maybe he's ready? I mean, he may have to be ready. Yeah. this upcoming week. Uh, exactly. And I, I'm with you. I, I think we see him. I don't know if it's in the second quarter or in the third quarter or something like that. I, I don't think you make it at Malik Murphy's expense. I, I think you have to do it if Malik Murphy's just not being effective. And like I mentioned in what I wrote yesterday, seeing ghosts. Sark was very much uh emphatic that you know, if, if you're making these plays and these decisions, come tell me what you see. If you say, Oh, I saw three high, and I saw the corner bailing out, the safety bailing out in the post, and I just overthrew it. Perfect. You know, make the throw, but you know what you're seeing. If he's out there seeing ghosts, then could have a problem on our hands. Kind of move away from the quarterback, but just to, to offense in general, what challenges do you think the BYU defense presents to the Longhorn offense?
1: Well, I didn't think the Houston Cougars defense was going to present a whole lot of – uh, uh, you know, problems, and they did in, in in some spurts of the game, especially in the second half and uh, the end of the first half. Um, I think Texas is going to rely more on the run game because I think BYU is a team you can run the ball on, and there is nothing that helps a quarterback get inundated into the game and into an offense and into the the, the role of being the starting quarterback like a good running game. Uh, We saw it last year with Quinn Ewers and Bijan Robinson and Rashawn Johnson. Those guys took a lot off of his plate. I think Jonathan Brooks and Cedric Baxter can do the exact same thing. We saw a healthy C.J. Baxter for the first time since he's been in a burnt orange uniform on Saturday, and that's what you see. their speed and quickness and size to that 215-pound back. I think they're going to lean on the run to help him out, but I'm with you too. I think you're going to see some deep shots. I think BYU is a defense that takes chances. Because they do create turnovers, but when them in those chances, you got to burn them on it. And so I think that's what you're going to see from this offense. Maybe, maybe not. You know, when Quinn starts, it's generally like four or five pass plays to one or two run plays to, to open up a game. I think you could see that flipped a little bit. They want to get Malik kind of in it, you know, in the game, which is like quick reads, quick, quick, quick throws, and run the ball. And I think they can run the ball on BYU. And this is a game where you don't have to overthink it. Don't overcoach it. You don't have to test Malik Murphy's arm to see if it can go 90 yards when you can just turn around two yards behind you and hand the ball and win the game. And I think the Houston game being as close as it was, I think opened the staff's eyes a little bit to possibly that being more of the plan.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a good idea. you, you got to really utilize uh, not just – jonathan brooks but also cj baxter and i think he may have to use uh the the cougar defense's plan against them you know they're going to try to just break into the backfield and get through there right well you got to be able to to seal those guys off and and create holes for jonathan brooks to to be able to get to they're not going to try and stonewall you and let and let the linebackers do some work they're going to try to make the get the work done themselves and then you know maybe the linebackers will be there so um i think just you know uh communicating especially in run blocking is going to be very important um and I think it's going to be a, a solid game for uh you know Jonathan Brooks and CJ Baxter. The other thing, you know, it's basically that or they they turn the ball over. They get turnovers at a pretty good rate. Um ask Texas Tech who was playing, I think what their third string quarterback something like that, I think so. Um they they they're aggressive on in the secondary. Uh they're boomer bust a little bit in that regard. Um, and that's kind of what you have to do when you have a uh, a, a ball control kind of short dink and dunk offense, right? Kind of Wyoming like. I don't know exactly. I don't know if it's exactly like that. But you're not going to see Keaton Slovis just carve a defense up downfield. They're gonna they're gonna try to move the ball in, in very short chunks, just because Keaton Slovis is. There are limitations to his game. But those limitations aren't really put on display when the fields are short. And that's why they go for turnovers so much. They have to be wary for that. So ball security, uh, Steve Sarkeesian mentioned that. Uh, he said the game's going to be about the ball. It always is. But for him to reference it in his comments yesterday, I think is very apt. And of course, Paul Wadlington mentioned it over on the preview on Inside Texas. Flipping it to the other side. You know what do you want to see from this Texas defense? It's still a little banged up, uh, but Steve Sarkeesian said that players like uh, uh, a a number of players who are nursing some injuries should be able to go uh, this Saturday. Uh, I'll get his exact words. You mentioned Ryan Watts. Uh, I Outland believe you Ball, mentioned Alfred Gavin Collins. Holmes, Terrence Brooks, Jet Bush, Ryan Watson, and Cole Hudson. So that's one, two, three, four, five defensive players. But there, Cole's an offensive others. player.
1: There's two he didn't mention, Joe. Jalen Catalan and Jade Barron.
0: Correct. And to be fair, when the question was asked, those two were not mentioned. Right. Uh, so that, that was the names that, the, the, that were rattled off in the question. Brooks and Barron were not. Uh, or, or Catalan and Barron were not. I mean, Barron was available to the media on Monday, so unless he had a setback, I don't see him being held out. But, uh, you know, anyway, just about those defensive guys, get them back or not, what do you want to see from this Texas defense?
1: I want to see some some fundamental play in the secondary. That back end has to get short of. Uh, Michael Taff is doing uh, coaching. On the field in the middle of the game, and which is great, you you love that from one of your your safeties, but it can't be it can't it can't happen every snap. There there has to be some some synergy there in that back end. And listen, like Sart talk, talked about after the Houston uh, game, he said, you know, at some point we were just trying to figure out who we had left, who we could run out there. You know, Barron played corner in the second half, uh, out of out of out of necessity. And so I want to see that back end play better. Now, Houston was a different dynamic on offense. Donovan Smith's a good big quarterback, and they had tons of speed in their skill positions. And so they, they ran a lot of mesh. They ran a lot of crossing patterns, a lot of things that, that, that Texas had a hard time with. I like to see them getting uh, to fix some of that stuff, you know, better on leverage on that mesh routes, better, just better in coverage, because I think there's too many busts. And, and that's what leads to big plays. Now the defensive line for the first month of the season was really getting to the quarterback. And then the last couple of games, it hasn't been as much. I think they go together. That's gotta be complementary. The more Tavondre Sweat and Byron, Byron Murphy and Alfred Collins are are, are, are active. I think that, that, that bodes well. I think that's, what's going to help that secondary a little bit more. Um, but yeah, just get everybody back on the same page, go back to some fundamentals, get, get, get their footing, right. Their angles, right. Because BYU is not going to be the, the the passing threat that, that that they saw against Houston. But you still got to get right. You still got to get better. And I think that, to me, is the biggest factor. That and who's going to be coming. If, if Ethan Burke does play or doesn't play, that's, that's something you have to think about. Who's going to be coming off that edge? I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony Hill has been getting more reps there at, in practice this week.
0: Yeah, I think uh, what I want to see is... Good understanding of the situation from Pete Kwiatkowski. Because here's what I think is going to happen. I don't think first and second down are going to be very fun for BYU. I think they'll try to run it and they'll try it again on another drive, and they won't get that. So you got to know, hey, what defense am I calling third and eight? Am I calling the one that look? And I understand that like cushion isn't just static. Like there's reasons there. It, there's there's reasons for the looks that you see. Right on TV, but still, like, come on, do you need an eight yard cushion on third and nine? Like, when you've got even if you have your backups at at Texas, do you need that? So, that's you know, I want to see Pete Kwiatkowski be able to understand hey, third and eight, they can't run the football. Keedon Slovis has to figure out how to fit it through a window. Yeah, I think I want to see some understanding from Pete Kwiatkowski in those situations, and I think he'll have the defensive. Uh, per, he'll have the performance from his defensive front to allow him to do that. That's what I'm really looking forward to most. So
1: Situational awareness. I think you nailed it.
0: Yeah, especially just on the headsets. And that, I think that applies both ways. I, I think Clark's going to be pretty in tune with that because that's that's what he does with calling yeah. plays and talking to quarterbacks. And even A.J. Milwe, uh, I believe, is now on the sideline instead of up in the press box this year. So he's going to have – Guys in his ears and in his face, you know, telling him what's working, what's not working um, at, at all the positions on the field. But situational awareness and knowing, you know, hey, this is a good play. This isn't a good play, that type of thing. You know, what you ask for of coaches. But I think it's going to be set up pretty well for them uh, this upcoming week. So, all right, Justin, last week we both were off. I'm under 500 now. I'm 3-4-1 and one. You are four, three, and one after we both picked Texas to cover against the Cougars, and they did not do it this week. It's another big line. Saw it at nineteen before we started recording. That's after the Malik Murphy news had been available for a while, so uh, that should be factored in. How do you see this one going? At least against the spread, two thirty on Saturday. Do you think Texas gets uh, nineteen or more on the Cougars?
1: I um. We thought they were going to cover the Cougars the first time, and uh, we were wrong on that. And actually, we looked pretty right in the first quarter. I, it, I thought
0: it was on the way. With twelve
1: forty-four know, left in the second quarter, it's twenty-one to nothing, and Texas is driving for more points. And then they run the fake field goal, and oh boy, then it just snowballed. But it, it'd be silly if they don't cover nineteen. I think B, because BYU is not that explosive, you're not going to see them put up that many points. But Malik right. Murphy's a different factor. These D DBs are getting healthy. They're doing a lot of mix and matching. That's a factor. So I got Texas winning, but I do not think they cover. I, I think 19 is a little is a little too much. Until I see this, this team behind Murphy kind of be more explosive when you know, if they are, I I don't think Texas covers.
0: I'm kind of torn because like I can see this being a ugliish win for Texas and still being like right at 20. You know, two touch that's two yeah. touchdowns and two field goals. Yeah. Um I could see it being 17, I could see it being 19 on the nose just cuz a touchdown and a lot of field goals cuz hey, remember the red zone like it's still been an issue. So And I don't think BYU's really been blown out. I think No, but but L2 to be fair, and we, we haven't discussed this probably as much as we should on this video, but I know it's been talked about a bunch this week. Their wins aren't great. Like no, they no. beat they beat some bad teams and lost to the teams with pulses on their schedule. Yeah. Um, so that it's not like they're this team riding in with anything near the resume of Texas, but we know how much that's worth. Just look at last week. Yeah. So I can see it being like a 14 to 20 point game. And that means, you know, only a few of those outcomes earns a cover.
1: <sighs> if you I, call the cover and they do, you and I even up too.
0: Yeah, I'm, but you know what? That that's going to be the reason why. I, I think this could end up at like right at twenty. I do too. Uh, Three right touchdowns, or, man. Yeah, something like that. You know, not you know, just a going away dominant game because of all the injuries and the backup quarterback aspect and backup quarterbacks aspect. Yeah. But I just am not sure about what the uh, BYU Cougars are able to do on early downs to where even if they have some uh, third and fourth down success, it's not going to be continued. And I think Texas will be able to, with guys like majors Hudson uh, back and and available, be able to uh, get some run on the Cougar defense and, Head into next week, 7-1 and will be very impressive.
1: If Murphy hits a couple of these deep shots, and you know Sark itches for that, and he's got a quarterback with a hand cannon on his right shoulder. If Murphy hits a few of these deep shots, they're going to cover.
0: I'm with you there. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for watching On Texas Football. Make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel. We always bring it here. I think if you're here, you know how much on Texas football is delivering on a daily basis, seven days a week. Head to InsideTexas.com. Of course, this is the best place to get all your information. You can get it over there. Get two months for for just one dollar with OTFIT23. At this rate, you're getting through signing day. So if yeah. you want all the latest recruiting information on how. The end of the 2024 cycle goes uh, with remaining spots. I mean, we can only mention Kobe Black so many times, but that's the one to know at this point. Get on yeah, over to Now inside. that Ryan
1: Wingo's done. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs>
0: feeling good about that one. So thank you for watching. For Justin Wells, I'm Joe Cook. We will see you next time on On Texas Football.